Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of thyroid drugs from the endocrine section on MedBullets.com. Let's get into the topic. The two main types of thyroid drugs that we'll discuss today are thioamides and thyroid hormones. The drugs in the thioamides category include propylthiouracil or PTU and methimazole. In terms of the mechanism of action of thioamides, it inhibits thyroid hormone synthesis by blocking the peroxidase-catalyzed reactions. These reactions are iodination of tyrosine residues of thyroglobulin and coupling of DIT and MIT. Propylthiouracil decreases the peripheral conversion of T4 to T3. In terms of clinical use, thioamides are used in hyperthyroidism. Toxicity of thioamides can cause skin rash, agranulocytosis, which is rare, aplastic anemia, hepatotoxicity, particularly with PTU, and for this reason, PTU is not used first line in non-pregnant adults and children. But in pregnancy, you would use PTU in the first trimester because methimazole, the alternative, crosses the placenta and enters the breast milk, which may be teratogenic. Let's now talk about thyroid hormones. The drugs in this category include levothyroxine and triiodothyronine. Levothyroxine is synthetic T4 or thyroxine, and triiodothyronine is T3. The mechanism of these drugs is that they replace endogenous thyroid hormones. In terms of their clinical use, they are used in hypothyroidism and myxedema. With respect to their toxicity findings, the main toxicity finding is thyrotoxicosis, which involves heat intolerance, tachycardia, dyspnea, increased appetite, tremors, and arrhythmias. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a 30-year-old woman with a one-year history of medically managed Graves' disease visits her endocrinologist to discuss her desire to become pregnant and whether pregnancy is safe with her medications. Her temperature is 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.9 degrees Celsius, blood pressure is 110 over 66 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 78 per minute, and respirations are 12 per minute. The endocrinologist advises that the patient may pursue pregnancy, but first needs to be switched to a new medication for her Graves' disease. Which of the following is a possible side effect in this new medication that is not a risk in her old medication? 1. Agranulocytosis 2. Aplastic anemia 3. Fulminant hepatic necrosis 4. Skin rash or 5. Thyroid storm And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3. Fulminant hepatic necrosis Propylthiouracil, or PTU, is an antithyroid medication that is safe for use in pregnancy, but it has the additional risk of fulminant liver failure. Remember, both PTU and methimazole block thyroid peroxidase, or TPO, which is responsible for the oxidation of iodide into iodine and the coupling of iodine onto tyrosine residues on thyroglobulin to form T4 and T3. PTU has the additional effect of preventing the peripheral conversion of thyroxine or T4 to triiodothyronine or T3 by 5-D-iodinase, an enzyme that is not inhibited by methimazole. While PTU and methimazole share many of the same side effects, methimazole is contraindicated in pregnancy because it can cause aplasia cutis congenita in the fetus. 
Both PTU and methimazole can cause hepatotoxicity. However, PTU is more likely to cause acute liver failure, while methimazole is more likely to result in hepatitis without liver failure. Therefore, PTU is not recommended in non-pregnant adults or in children as a first-line antithyroid medication. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, agranulocytosis is rare but can occur with both PTU and methimazole use. Answer choice 2, aplastic anemia can occur with both PTU and methimazole use. Answer choice 4, skin rash is a common side effect that can occur with both PTU and methimazole use. And finally, answer choice 5, thyroid storm is not a side effect of PTU use. PTU is instead used to treat thyroid storm along with beta blockers and steroids. In summary, propylthiouracil is the antithyroid medication of choice in pregnancy but is otherwise not used as a first-line medication due to risks of fulminant liver failure. Next question. A 30-year-old female complains of heat intolerance, excessive sweating, and recent unintentional weight loss. She denies alcohol, tobacco, and other drug use and does not take any medications. Laboratory analysis reveals elevated serum T4 and decreased serum TSH. You elect to manage the patient's condition pharmacologically with methimazole. Methimazole interferes with the function of which of the following proteins? 1. Thyroxine binding globulin. 2. Sex hormone binding globulin. 3. Thyroid peroxidase. 4. 5-deiodinase. Or 5. Sodium iodide symporter. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, thyroid peroxidase. Methimazole is a thionamide that inhibits peroxidase, thereby disrupting thyroid hormone synthesis. It is used to treat hyperthyroidism. Remember, peroxidase oxidizes inorganic iodide to organic iodine, which binds tyrosine residues to form monoiodotyrosine, or MIT. Peroxidase also catalyzes the coupling of MIT and diiodotyrosine or DIT to form T3 and the coupling of DIT and DIT to form T4. Thionamide toxicities include skin rash and rarely agranulocytosis. Methimazole is a possible teratogen in pregnancy, however it is sometimes used in the second and third trimesters to manage hyperthyroid states such as Graves' disease. Its use could lead to fetal hypothyroidism, creating a potential for cretinism to occur. Alternative treatment options for hyperthyroidism include ablative thyroid therapy with iodine-131. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. Reed and Wheeler review hyperthyroidism. Graves' disease is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism. Other common causes include thyroiditis, toxic multinodular goiter, toxic adenomas, and side effects of medications. The diagnostic workup for hyper and hypothyroidism begins with checking thyroid-stimulating hormone or TSH levels. Radioactive iodine is the treatment of choice for hyperthyroidism, but thyroid drugs may be used in the short term or in patients with contraindications to radiotherapy. The next citation, by Azizi, reviews the use of thionamides. Although experts more often consider radioiodine to be the treatment of choice for hyperthyroidism because of its safety and ease of administration, thionamides are the treatment of choice in thyrotoxic children, adolescents, and hyperthyroid women during pregnancy, the postpartum period, and lactation. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1. Thyroxine binding globulin, or TBG, binds T3 and T4 in the blood. 
Blocking its action would likely increase free T3 and T4 and therefore exacerbate hyperthyroidism. Answer choice 2. Sex hormone binding lobulin, or SHBG, binds sex hormones in the blood and would likely have little effect on free levels of T3 and T4. Answer choice 4. 5-D-iodinase converts T4 to T3 in peripheral tissues. Propylthiouracil, another thionamide, inhibits 5-D-iodinase, but methimazole does not. And finally, answer choice 5, the sodium iodide symporter actively transports iodide through the basement membrane of the thyroid follicular cells. Its action is not inhibited by methimazole. Next question. A 34-year-old man with a previous diagnosis of Graves' disease presents for a checkup. Since his diagnosis four months ago, the patient completed a course of radioiodine ablation without success. However, his symptoms have been relatively well controlled with medications since starting them three weeks ago. The patient's complete blood count reveals decreased absolute neutrophils at 450 per milliliter and a slightly decreased hematocrit of 39%. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's abnormal laboratory results? 1. Atenolol 2. Levothyroxine 3. Methimazole 4. Complication from radioiodine ablation or 5. Perchlorate And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, methimazole. This patient is likely taking a thionamide antithyroid medication such as methimazole or propylthiouracil or PTU. Agranulocytosis, an absolute neutrophil count of less than 500 per milliliter, is a relatively rare but extremely serious complication of thionamide therapy. Remember, thionamides, methimazole and PTU, act to block thyroid hormone synthesis and secretion through inhibition of the thyroid peroxidase enzyme. Agranulocytosis usually appears within the first several weeks of initiating therapy and manifests as symptoms of infection such as fever and sore throat. Additional side effects seen with thionamide therapy include skin rash and aplastic anemia, and also note that methimazole has teratogenic effects. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. The first citation, by Reed and Wheeler, review the management of hyperthyroidism. Many thyroid pathologies, including Graves' disease, toxic multinodular goiter, and toxic adenoma can be treated with either radioactive iodine, antithyroid drugs, or surgery. In patients without contraindications, radioactive iodine is the first-line treatment of choice in the United States. Thyroidectomy is typically a second-line management option for when other treatment fails or are contraindicated. It is also employed when a goiter is of significant size and is compressing neighboring structures, resulting in clinically significant symptoms. The next citation by Franklin and Beauvillard discuss agranulocytosis in the setting of antithyroid therapy. They conclude that adverse effects occur in approximately 3% of patients taking antithyroid drugs. However, many of the side effects seen are minor and transient. Agranulocytosis, which is defined as a granulocyte count of less than 0.5 times 10 to the 9th power per liter, is the most feared and clinically severe side effect. It occurs in 0.2 to 0.5% of patients and can develop with any dosage or any length of treatment. Agranulocytosis most commonly occurs within the first two to three months of antithyroid treatment. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice one, beta blockers are used for symptomatic relief of the beta-adrenergic mediated manifestations of hyperthyroidism. Agranulocytosis is not reported as a significant side effect of their use. 
Answer choice two, levothyroxine is a thyroid hormone replacement medication. Therefore, it would not be prescribed in the setting of hyperthyroidism. Answer choice four, agranulocytosis is not a known complication of radioiodine ablative therapy. Hypothyroidism is the most significant side effect of this treatment option. And finally, answer choice five, perchlorate anion inhibits iodine uptake through the sodium iodine symporter in the basal aspect of thyrocytes. Agranulocytosis is not a proven side effect of perchlorate use in the setting of thyrotoxicosis. And that's all for this review about thyroid drugs. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.